So a big leap in yields in the US and in the UK this morning. We'll look at why that might be. The Aussie has taken a bit of a dive on currencies. The CNY has a bit to do with that again. The Fed clearly had to talk a few people around to get a unanimous decision to hold rates at their last meeting. That was the takeout from the FOMC minutes. And it's services, ISM and jobs data from the US tonight before non-farm payrolls tomorrow. So there's a bit to chew over. It's Thursday, the 6th of July, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar is up a third of 1% on the DXY, pushing the Aussie down half a percent, below 66.6 US cents. The euro is down a quarter percent as well. Equities are down 0.4% off the down, 0.1% off the S&P. And the Nasdaq momentarily venturing into the green, but ending up 0.2% down. Whereas the euro stocks 50 is down over 0.9%, 1% off the FTSE 100. In the States, Meta is up 3.5% because today is the day they launch Threads, which is their alternative to Twitter. And who can blame them for taking the opportunity? So what about bonds? Well, they're rising. 10-year treasuries up 8 basis points today, up to 3.94%. 10-year gilt yields are also up to uh, 4.5%, another uh, rise of 8 basis points. Aussie 10-year yields have fallen slightly, just 1 basis point is down to 4%. No real moves on uh, on futures overnight. And oil, you know what, I was going to guess that uh, oil was going to be down today, but what do I know? Actually, WTI is up over 3.2%. Brent has gained 0.6%. So, the first full day back for America... And Ken Compton joins me from NAB in Sydney this morning. Uh, I guess after a bit of a holiday, we can expect some strange things, can't we? But um, yeah, this, the, these rises that we're seeing uh, in uh, in US yields and, and in the UK as well, quite a big surprise leap. And are they linked? Yeah, good morning, Phil. Certainly some sort of quite perplexing moves there on first blush. I mean, you know, we've got, uh, you know, 10-year Treasury yields pushing up to um, well well up into the 390s now. So that's sort of a new high yeah, for the cycle. 394. Yeah, yeah 394. Um, look, I mean... That sell-off actually began very early in the European session, and trying to link that up with data releases, you know, doesn't necessarily bring too much clarity. I mean, you know, we had the final releases of PMIs last night, a little, there's a few downward revisions here at the edges, but really just sort of confirming that sort of undershoot in um, in in the European PMIs that we saw a few weeks ago in the in the mm. flash releases, and yet um, yet yet here we are facing much higher um, much higher bond yields across the curve and much much steeper curves for that matter. So there were some. Rep- Reports out with one of the uh, one of the global IBs. I think it was uh, JP Morgan, their chief economist, or one yeah. of their economists, put out a report suggesting that the BOE could need to get up as high as seven percent in order to get inflation under control. Seven percent for the BOE target rate, which would explain and why that it seems to have been a factor. Yeah, which is why gilt yields are up so much. I mean, that's a that's a crash landing scenario, isn't it? If they get that high. Yeah, certainly that that's sort of well beyond what the market is picking at the moment. The market's still got a I think got a sort of got a six handle on mm. on terminal pricing for the BOE. So that move there seems to have triggered a bit of a bit of a rethink across um, across the yield complex, unsurprisingly, and just seems to have washed over into the US. Because if you try and line up with what we saw from the few data releases that were out, or even sort of other other news events, including the FOMC minutes, there wasn't really much there. I think that would necessarily, you know, sort of justify an eight to ten point yield on the night. But that's uh, but it- that's what you get sometimes. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. That's what happens. So I guess, you know, people start to put two and two together, don't they? And they go, well, okay, if that's going to happen in the UK, they're going to, you know, they, they are going to have a hard landing. And then let's look 
at the, the slowdown we've been seeing as well. And then you look and you go, well, you know, those 210 spirits now down uh, minus 101 basis points. It's been inverted for 260 days. That is 260 days of people saying there's a recession coming. Uh, so maybe after 260 days, uh, we're, we're starting to believe it. Of course, Jerome Powell, you know, says he prefers a three-month, 10-year spread. That's 141 basis points inverted. So it's, so it's even worse. So, you know, all you need is that plus a bit of soft data, plus someone predicting that uh, central banks are going to have to go higher. And I guess people start to get nervous. Yeah, um, that curve's sort of hovering around minus 100 there in the US for um, yeah, for, for a few days now. Um, in fact, I mean, actually mm. seven points steeper overnight, actually. So it's actually sort of come from minus 110 back, yeah. back up. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at how the market has been shifting its expectations of, I guess, not so much looking at where the Fed peak is supposed to be, but if you look at where the market's got the Fed price by the end of next year, you know, if you go back to the end of May, the market was pricing the Fed to be at about three and a quarter percent at the end of 2024, so the end of next year. Um, that's now sitting at four and a quarter percent. So we've seen a hundred point shift yeah. in where the market thinks the Fed's going to be at the end of next year, you know, which which makes sense to ask given where the US sort of data has been coming out and you've sort of got they had these constant warnings from the Fed, you know, post its own pause, as well as in commentary in since Century and beyond about how you know, higher for longer should be the situation the market's yeah. being concerned about. And um, you know, that's sort of being borne out by by, by high yields across across parts of the curve. Yeah. And that's, of course it's been the, the data's been strong. That's been the reason, hasn't it? But um but you know maybe we're starting to see bits of weakness. So factory orders in the US, they're expected to pick up a bit in May, but they didn't. They stuck at 0.3% growth to actually take out transport. And actually orders fell half a percent. So, you know, this, we're starting to get drip fed evidence that maybe things are finally slowing down. And of course, the big question is going to be what happens with the jobs numbers? Well, two two sets of big numbers, really, because uh, the job numbers really start today for the rest of the week. So we get ADP employment numbers today. We get the weekly jobless claims, which rather inconveniently last time started to fall again. And of course, we've got the jolts numbers, the, the job opening. So and then, of course, you know, tomorrow, non-farm payrolls. So we've got that. And then we've got the services ISM as well. So you know, lots of opportunities to show a slowdown here, isn't there? If we see that jobs are starting to ease and services are starting to ease, then that makes the Fed's job a bit easier, I guess. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that bond sell-off or those bond yield rises may have been able to hold through the session probably maybe was some wariness of the job starter. I mean, that's been the persistent surprise across the cycle, particularly in the US in, in recent months, has been non-fund payrolls holding up pretty well. Um, you know, jolts last month, you know, jumped back above um, you know, j- j- jumped back above 10 million. I see for this month that's expected to decline back to uh, you know, sort of 9,900. K, so a little, a little bit of a decline expected there. Um, yeah, jobless claims, the market's sort of holding consensus actually closer to that reduced print last week. So there still seems to be a bit of a bit of cautiousness there around that. I mean, the ADP number, that's a pretty unreliable input into non-farm payrolls, but it is a, it is a data point at least. So, I mean, what's going to be mm. particularly watched in US data, as you said, is ISM. So yeah, the services index there had a pretty surprise drop um, last month, sort of down to almost 50, uh, from nearly 52, I think it was. So the market's expecting, or economists are expecting a pickup back to sort of middle ground of about 51.2. But, you know, there's going to be important stuff to watch there in terms of, you know, prices paid and employment, which will be a bit of a, um, maybe a little bit of a forward look into the, um, into the in, in employment number as well. Yeah, employment was, was down at 49.2. So th- theoretically, the employment in the services sector was actually in decline 
less time. Yeah, which is running counter to what we're seeing in, I guess, sort of the hard data scene. You know, there's plenty of hypotheses out there about mm. labour hoarding through this cycle, which I think does make intuitive sense given the, given I guess maybe the the scarring effect of um, difficulty finding labour in a lot of industries over the past couple of years. So, yeah, labour's always a lagging indicator. Um, so I guess that's the that's the balance for the market and the and the Fed to tread really. Yeah, and of course, speaking about the Fed, in the last few hours we've had the. Uh, the Fed minutes, uh, we didn't think it was going to add much, although it was interesting in that, I mean, it clearly showed that uh, it, the, it was a unanimous decision last time to hold, but the minutes suggest that, you know, it wasn't quite as straightforward, was it? There were differing opinions. I mean, no surprise there's differing opinions. Who wants a board that everyone agrees with each other on? Uh, but the fact that, that, you know, it was open to question uh, in itself would suggest that this next time it's perhaps the you know the idea of a hike is is a little more certain because there's some people who are saying well we should have done it last time yeah because we did get the dot plots came out of that meeting with a um, with with a couple of extra hikes penciled in for the end of the year that was a bit of a surprise but then yeah. I guess you know sort of reading into the uh, minutes it's it sort of felt reading reading that as if there was sort of a few members that needed to be pulled talked back from a hike in order to make a unanimous decision for a for a pause so I guess you're sort of adding a little bit of momentum there I mean you know could you Square that up as a, as a driver for the big US yield move overnight. Well, you know the, the sell-off had already happened before then, so it did, didn't sort of didn't add much at the margin. But it does sort of show that the buy should be there for for pricing, yeah, for continuing to price hikes for the, for the next for the next couple. Of no, years. not a lot of movement in currencies. But once again, the Aussie is actually one of the major movers today. So it, a, again, is this the CNY story that we've been sort of talking about all week? It seems. Yeah, I think it is. Um, we had the the Kaixin PMI out yesterday, so the, the services number there that was down pretty sharply. I mean, still expansionary 53.9 but still a um still pretty substantial drop from 57.1 i mean looking into some of the detail interesting though that um obviously you're sort of weaker sales in your orders but business confidence is a bit higher um for the first time in a while and employment was also higher so it's may, maybe some green shoots there but i think the um you know the official cny fixing yesterday was set stronger than market again uh but you know but sort of that the market sort of didn't really sort of take that official lead and, and it still ended up softening. And then for the Aussie, that was um, that sort of left that trading lower on the day as well. So I think that has been the, the major driver there. And of course, um, to the extent that you're um, seeing a bit more expectations of high yields in the US, that's going to sort of favour a little bit of big dollar strength as well, but probably the China story. I'd put it to that. Right. So uh, Australia's balance of trade today, uh, exports are down 5% in May. Obviously, the value of the dollar plays a lot in all of this, as, as well as the China slowdown. Uh, so that uh, exports are going to be down again, presumably, based on the on the, on the the dollar and that demand. And, uh, uh, you know, if we, if we are experiencing an economic slowdown in Australia, we could see imports down as well, couldn't we, I guess? Yeah, I think um, my friends in economics are expecting a drop in the trade balance to, I think, about 9.5 billion. So down a couple of billion on the month. The, the major factor there being, um, for this month at least, uh, sort of drops in resource prices. So there's been coming off of commodity prices globally is the demand outlook for um, globally has weakened, so that's probably going to be the major factor there. And look, look looking ahead, yeah, I dare say um, some sort of softening in consumption and weakness in um, consumer imports at least is not going to be off the table either. But the major short-term driver is going to be resource prices. Right. And then we've got Canada's balance of trade in the US as well. I don't know if you want to add anything to those. But otherwise, you know, add that to the to the jobs data. 
uh, and the ISM. Uh, it's a it's a busy night tonight. It's been a quiet week, but it all starts to ramp up today. Yeah, exactly. Finishing off with um, data tonight, and then looking forward to payrolls tomorrow. Obviously, is going to be the is is, is going to be sort of the major US yep. highlight for, for for a while. So yeah, plenty to, plenty to yeah, watch. Lots of movement, I suspect. Okay, good to talk. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Ken. No worries. Thanks, Phil. And look at that. Twelve minutes. I think we've just spoken a new land speed record. Uh, back again tomorrow morning with another one. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.